the back in the sound booth. Can you believe 20 years ago, we were all getting ready for Y2K? Well, not all of us. Some of you weren't alive. But uh, like, oh man, the whole world's going to come to an end. Better get batteries and, and weeks worth of food. Uh, yeah. But this, uh, this decade is coming to an end, and uh, the, the Skywalker saga has come to an end. I know. Wow. I was one year old when A New Hope came out, so it's like my whole lifetime has had Star Wars as a part of it. Uh, spoiler alert, Darth Vader is Luke's father. Um, but like we were walking into the theater, and, and I was with my kids, and, and Brooklyn's like, you're not going to cry, are you? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to cry. You guys know me. I'm going to cry. Yeah, I'll cry through. I'll cry during the opening credits if I want to. I am here to experience all of this. And, uh, and with all these things coming to a close, we also have our series Advent Conspiracy uh, kind of, kind of coming to a close. And, and the thought of Advent Conspiracy was what if we took the priorities of the world in this uh, Christmas season and turned them upside down to look again uh, like what God has prioritized for us. And I love in the book of Acts, it says that, uh, that the disciples were turning the world upside down. And, uh, and, and I like that because when you turn an upside-down world upside down, you're actually turning it right side up. And so that's what the disciples were doing in the book of Acts. The world was backwards and upside down and not right. They were making it right again, bringing the kingdom of God to life in the places that we are at, where they were at. And that's what Advent Conspiracy has been all about is making this season about what it's supposed to be about. But this morning, we want to talk, if you've been reading along in the book, uh, closes with this question, what if? What if we played this out during all the rest of the year, not just at the Christmas season? What would that look like? And that's what I want to look at and, and dig into a little bit this morning. Um, I'm a fan of conspiracy theories, this Advent conspiracy. A conspiracy is people, a group coming together with, with a plan or plotting to change something, sometimes nefarious. I kind of like the thought of that, that, that we can, can conspire together and really to bring God's kingdom come. I don't know who else is a conspiracy. You're really going to hear what a nerd I am today after my Star Wars comments, but like a conspiracy theory, Area 51. There's some nefarious stuff going on there. Would you agree? Raise your hands. Come on. Right there. I know. Right? Weird stuff going on Area 51. I'm all about that. Uh, what else? I think of, I love conspiracy theories. Sasquatch. Real, obviously. But the conspiracy theory is that there's people out there like planting footprints and stuff. We all know that's not true. Uh, the Illuminati. Like who's ever flown in or out of DIA? You Denver International Airport. You know all the stuff that they say about that? They went like nine months long, spent like $100 million extra. There's supposed to be a cave system underneath the Illuminati. And look at the artwork next time you're in DIA. It uh, looks like the apocalypse and the end of the world. I don't know. Some sketchy stuff going on at DIA. Can't trust those Coloradans. Um, President's Book of Secrets. Yeah, they're passing stuff on from president to president. How about, how about Chuck E. Cheese pizza, right? Have you heard this one? You don't know? So here's the thing is Chuck E. Cheese pizzas don't line up in a circle because they say that they're taking leftover pizzas and making your pizza from leftover pieces. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> Nefarious things happening at Chuck E. Cheese. Um, Anyway, what if we were a part of a conspiracy to do things different in this world? And I kind of like the thought of a group of people coming together and deciding to live in a different way that changes their world. Jesus actually prayed for this in John chapter 17 as he's praying for his disciples and he's praying for us as well in those verses. We look at verse 14 and it says this, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. What a, a prayer to think Jesus praying for his disciples, Jesus praying for us as believers thousands of years later. I don't pray that you take them out of the world. In fact, I am sending them into the world in order to bring God's kingdom come. And so Jesus has this prayer for us that we would be kept from the evil one, that we would be sanctified daily, being made more and more like him uh, by his word, which is truth, as we're spending time in this and lining our lives up with God's word and uh, being on mission in these places. I want to take a real quick look at the four areas that we uh, had looked at during uh, Advent Conspiracy. The first one, is spend less. This one's pretty simple, and I think a lot of us are thinking of finances going into a new year of the top 10, um, the, the uh, top 10 New Year's resolutions. The first three are about our health, to diet or eat healthier, to exercise more, to lose weight. And then number four is about finances, to save more and to spend less. And so this time of year, people are really thinking about what this looks like. And, and as you look at this, you can see God has a lot to say about money and the way that we use our money and how not to be slaves uh, to debt and those kinds of things. And 20% of American consumers will go into the debt during the Christmas holidays to the tune of $720 per person. This season of going into debt. And we looked at this, you know, talk about spending less this season because we don't show our love by the, the price tag attached to the gifts that we give. And, and spending is, is up from, from last year. And so people are giving more and more throughout the years and only half plan to pay off their debt in the next three months. And so just looking at this thought of, of debt, and I don't want to spend much time on this. I think we're kind of all on board with this thought of spending less. You know, this is a priority for us. In, in the new year, in 2020, we're going to be offering a, a class called Financial Peace University. And so if this is something that you might want to get involved with, we want to encourage you to do so. Financial Peace has been around for years and has helped thousands and thousands of people look at their money the way God looks at finances. 
And through that, Financial Peace members have been able to, in 90 days, pay off $5,300 worth of debt in the 90 days that the course is going on. On average, they have uh, saved $2,700, again, in that 90-day period. 89% of them uh, that have gone through the course and graduated have a $1,000 emergency fund that is set aside. And so people are, are making huge changes as they look at their finances differently. And if, again, if that's something that is of interest to you, we want to encourage you in the new year when we have that up to get signed up for Financial Peace University. Third thought that goes along with this of spending less is of giving more of ourselves. We looked at how Jesus is the ultimate example of giving more of himself. In John chapter 1, I'm going to read from the message. It says this, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Man, I love that. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. John pointed out and called, this is the one, the one I told you was coming after me, but in fact was ahead of me. He has always been ahead of me, has always had the first word. We all live off his generous bounty, gift after gift after gift. We got the basics from Moses and then this exuberant giving and receiving, this endless knowing and understanding, all this came through Jesus, the Messiah. No one has ever seen God, not so much as a glimpse, this one-of-a-kind God expression who exists at the very heart of the Father has made him plain as day. I love that opening line, the word has become flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And that wasn't just something that took place uh, uh, when, when John was writing. It wasn't just something that took place on Christmas Day. God is still in the business of moving into the neighborhood. He moved into your neighborhood Possibly the day you moved into your neighborhood. He wants you to be his uh, hands and feet in the places that we find ourselves. And maybe you've lived in your neighborhood a long time and you weren't a Christian when you first moved in. But he moved into your neighborhood the day he moved into you. He wants to use you to give more of yourselves in, in your neighborhoods, in your workplaces, in your families. And, uh, and over the last month or so, we've had this uh, acts of giving tree, acts of kindness tree. And uh, what we encourage you to do is take one of the challenges. There was more than 100 of them that were taken. And as you, you live out that act of kindness to come back and place an ornament on the tree and take another one to your own tree to remember this by. And uh, as we look at this, look at how many acts of kindness were done just in the last month. And my guess is that not everybody has brought their ornament back. We actually want to take a minute to hear your story. And so Mike has got a, a mic and, uh, and he's going to walk around. If you participated in this or maybe not the tree, but you were just a part of something or maybe somebody had an act of kindness that you were on the receiving end, we'd love to take a moment to hear your story uh, now, so it'll take somebody to be brave and volunteer first. Very good. So I, for the first time ever, did a Salvation Army bell ringer, and it was so much fun. Everybody's got to do that because they, they really do a lot of good. Anyway, I, my task of kindness was to smile at everyone I made contact with. Yeah, you told and me about that. for whatever reason, I didn't do it until Christmas Eve. So guess what I was doing? I thought my face was going to fall off. 
but it was a total God thing because if you were in uh, Fred Meyer on Christmas Eve, all their, across the country, the Kroger um, credit card system went down. Everybody had to have cash. Guess what happened when they came out? And I was ringing that bell. It's like, oh, I've got cash. So, praise God. My act of kindness card said to do a chore for someone in your household, so I took out the trash for Brett. Maybe I should move to the middle. <laughs> yeah, keep going around. I had already planned on inviting a friend for a Christmas Eve um, who doesn't normally go to this church, and fortunately, there was one up there that said that, so yay, bonus. They came, they enjoyed it, and they're not here today, but they're a coming. <laughs> The one I had said, uh, give a gift to the teller at the bank. And since I make a deposit for the church, I thought, well, what a better way to represent the church. So I made it, so I took a gift to the, and I gave it to everybody at the bank there. And then I thought, well, I ought to do it at my own bank. So I did it twice. This is Vicki and I, we did this together. I picked out the uh, little tag that said bake some cookies and take them to the police department. So we baked some cookies and we took them over there and they were really happy about that. <laughs> well, I was blessed on Christmas Day. An act of kindness was done for me and it was Dave cooked dinner at his house for us, and that was great. Yeah, I just want to thank Trent Folio for coming up and putting up my lights. He, he called me and he said, uh, you're going to put up your lights? And I said, well, yeah, I guess, but i got an area that I can't get to very well anymore, and up in the peak. And he said, I'll come do that for you. And I said, well, Trent, you know, i I got limbs all over me. I need to be blowed off and all. He, he come over a Saturday. It was pouring down rain. I mean, pouring down rain. I tried to talk him out of it. He said, no, I'm going to blow them off. I'm going to put your lights up for you. And he did. What a blessing. We, we'd love to hear from the balcony, too. You could just shout out if you'd like. <laughs> the one we uh, picked was it said to buy dessert for a stranger the next time you're eating at a restaurant. And so my husband and I were having lunch, and... Um, Great. We talked to our waiter and told him what we wanted to do, and so he picked out another couple that was there and told us, you know, who, who should get it. And so we let him pick out the dessert, and, and they gave it, and then we left before they got their dessert. 
Sal? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Sal put money in Salvation Army bucket. Good job, buddy. We received an act of kindness. We were at a restaurant and uh, we were ready to pay the bill, and they, they said, Well, it was already paid for. So that was great. Thanks, Bonnie. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> no. um, my act of kindness was to give a handmade card to the receptionist at the school. But there are three ladies that work in the front office. So I had to make three. <laughs> so I gave um, each card with a little tree ornament. And I couldn't deliver it myself, so my daughter had to do it for me because I was out. Well, I think we could probably keep going. And uh, the point of the Acts of Kindness tree was just to begin us thinking of ways that we could be a blessing to others. Because back from the Old Testament, God was a blessing to the Israelites in order for them to be a blessing to others. And now, under New Covenant, uh, we have found favor with God, undeserved favor. That's what grace is. For us to show that same grace to others is us bringing God's kingdom uh, to, to this world, to the place that we're at. And so I don't know in this new year if that's a challenge that you want to take on for yourself. Maybe once a month that you're going to seek something out. You've heard a number of ideas here, but talk in your community groups about other things that you can be sharing uh, and really to be intentionally showing God's love and do those things uh, with maybe just a quiet prayer with the intentionality of showing God's love to others. And so I'm encouraged and I got to tell you, whenever we hear uh, from more and more people these are good sermons, okay? That's what I want you to hear from me. I would so much rather hear how God is making a difference in your life and hearing small stories than hear myself, uh, you know, dig into God's word for, for a bunch of time. And you guys hear from me over and over again and from Mike, and it's so much more of an encouragement. In fact, if you want to compliment Mike and I uh, on your way out the door, and I appreciate that you say sometimes, that was a good sermon. You know what we'd rather have? We'd rather have you catch us and say, you know, last week you preached on this, and I did this because of it. That is a huge compliment to us, is your lives preaching uh, this, this God's word making a difference in your life. And so thank you so much for being willing to stand up and to share. And this incarnation is what Christmas morning was all about, this moment that he decided that his separation from us was worth paying the ultimate price. And we're actually going to take communion right now in our service, remembering this incarnation that God became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood because he wanted to be in a relationship with you. And so the band is going to sing a song, and I want you to listen to the words. We're going to pass the elements. It's a cracker representing his body that was broken, a cup of juice representing his blood that was spilled. And, uh, and in this Christmas season, I want us to just hold on to those elements through the first song. 
and just worship and either sing along or, or read the words, listen. Uh, but they go like this. When the babe was born in a manger on the hay, God saw a veil torn. God saw to Good Friday. He was born to die. We came here today to celebrate his birth, but let us not forget why Jesus came to earth. He was born to die. Let's pray for this moment. God, I thank you that you loved us so much that you would come. God, I thank you that we can freely be here worshiping you. God, that Christmas was always ultimately about the cross. God, that was a cost that had to be paid in order to, to be reconnected with us, and you took it all upon yourself. God, we praise you and thank you for that. God, we thank you for coming in the flesh, and we just worship you alone this day. Amen. Amen.